God. We're going into the book of um, Ecclesiastics, the book of Ecclesiastics, the words of the preacher. Amen. The word of the preacher, the king in Jerusalem, uh, the son of David, uh, the, the great wise man, Ecclesiastics, the third chapter, Ecclesiastics, the third chapter, and um, verse number one. Verse number one, verse number one tonight. And um, I'm going to encourage you to read that entire chapter. But I, verse number one is enough for tonight to give us our subject matter and what I want to deal with here tonight. All right. Look what it says. Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, verse number one. It says for everything. There is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. For everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Another translation, the God word uh, translation says it this way. Everything has its own time. And there is a specific time for every activity under heaven. Everything has its own time. So tonight we're going to talk about God's timetable. God's timetable. I think somebody needs to hear this tonight. God's timetable. Okay. When you look at the uh, third chapter, as I said, and I would encourage you to read it in in its entirety um, later on, the author is Solomon. He's the son of David. He's the king in Jerusalem. And what Solomon has done here, Solomon looked at the natural cycles of nature, life, and society. And he found that time and time again, what had been What had been was repeated in the experience of the individual, the culture, and in nature. Yet these cycles in nature and the human experience could offer no help in Solomon's search for meaning. And somebody would say, why? Well, because Solomon said that God has also set in eternity in the hearts of men. And so there was no way that the cycles of time repeated as they are can satisfy because eternal meanings cannot be found in time cycles. So this is the introductory statement of the principle that everything has its time. And then when you continue to read that third chapter, uh, you'll notice 14, 14 uh, contrasting illustrations are given about having its time. And uh, these illustrations cover just about every aspect of man's life and show that the will of God is predominant. Now, of course, we know he 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 starts it out by saying a time to be born 
and a time to die. The next 13 statements cover what is between birth and death. (laughs) So I'm not going to go over those tonight. You can read those later. All right. But the next 13 statements cover what is between birth and and life. And so really what he wants us to understand and what I want uh, us to see uh, here tonight is simply this, and that is that God's timing is always perfect. God God has a perfect timetable. All right, now it may not seem like it at at, at times. (laughs) And if we would be transparent and if we would be honest tonight, I know sometimes we would almost think that God is moving too slow. We want God to speed up. But we used to sing the song years ago, you can't hurry God, uh, no matter how hard that you try. God has a perfect timetable. God's timing is always perfect. But there's a problem here because we can easily miss God's timing. We could easily miss God's timing. I want to deal with two things tonight, above other things, of, of, of how we miss God's timing. How we miss God's timing. All right? <clears throat> Here it is. Number one, we miss it by rushing ahead of him. A lot of times, a lot of times, if we would be honest, you know, we we rush ahead of God. How 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 do we rush ahead of God? Often out of impatience, presumption, and impetuousness. Now somebody said that might not be a word, you know, impetuousness. And so I looked it up just so that y'all would understand. I did my research. And it didn't say it was a word and it didn't say it wasn't a word. Yet it was in the dictionary. Impetuousness come from the word impetuous. We're going to deal with this tonight. We're going to deal with it. All right. Because this is how we oftentimes miss God through being impatient, through presumption and impetuousness. Now, now, somebody would say, Pastor, some of them words I just don't understand. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad I went through the, because I want to help you all out here tonight so we fully understand. Because we all know to be impatient, that, that's, that's, that's the quality or state of being impatient. Some people don't like to wait on nothing. All right? It's the quality or state of being impatient. And then, and then presumption is an attitude or belief dictated by probability, by probability. In other words, when we deal with the word probability, we deal with the word likelihood, that it's a possibility. It's a, it's a chance, in other words, the odds, you know, we ask ourselves, what, 
what are the odds for me making this decision or we we take chances okay that it could or 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 it could not it's an attitude or belief dictated by probability you know sometimes we we, we like to say you know I, I i go by my instinct you know uh, or I, I got a feeling how I many how many of you all have ever said you had a feeling only to discover that your feeling was off <laughs> so you know no 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 here's how we say it uh, my gut feeling you know we say follow your gut feeling well i want to change that statement tonight don't follow your gut feeling follow the lord <laughs> in all thy ways what acknowledge him and he will direct your path all right and so and so then the third way is impetuousness that's marked by impulsive vehemence or passion now 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 that word vehemence mean intensity enthusiasm okay Enthusiasm. Sometimes we become so enthused and we become so uh, 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 excited. We, be, we become so full of passion until we make the wrong decisions in life. <laughs> All right. Uh, impetuous behavior is, 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 is known as impulsive behavior. Impulsive behavior. Some of us are shot by impulse. Okay. Oh, child, this is a sale. I got to get it. Don't need it, but I just have to get it. Impulse. I I know we don't have no impulse shoppers that's online tonight, but all right. It's, it's, (laughs) it's, 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 it's impulsive behavior. In fact, the uh, impetuous person act without thinking. Okay. They act without thinking long and hard about the consequences of their actions. Okay. Uh, 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 someone said it's whimsical. Hold on. Whimsical behavior. Whimsical. That's a word. Whimsical. That means you, you act on a whim. It's, it's reckless behavior. Huh? It's 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 sudden, just suddenly, just no thinking, no, no, no nothing. Okay, and so oftentimes that's how we get ahead. That's how we get ahead of God. We get ahead of God by being impatient and by presumption, assuming as well is another word, possibility, likelihood. Okay. And, and 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 then just by our impulsive behavior okay uh proverbs the 19th chapter i want you to write that down proverbs the 19th chapter verse number 2 says something about this proverbs the 19th chapter verse number 2 look what it says it says also that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. Here's the part, though, I want you to see. And he that hasteth it with his feet sinneth. 
All right. He he that hastes with his feet. In other words, he that gets in a in a hurry. Uh, the person who don't think before they uh, do. The person who doesn't acknowledge God. Okay. And so and so the meaning the meaning of this text is that watch this zeal enthusiasm passion eagerness which is betrayed by the figure of hasteth with his feet must have knowledge okay zeal must have knowledge in other words you must have understanding you must have information you must have experience or the wise man says, you will go astray. When we make decisions, watch this, without understanding or without information or without experience, <laughs> he says that we will go astray. And so knowledge without zeal is not wisdom. Neither is zeal without knowledge. And you got some folk, let me just, let me take a second on this. We have a whole lot of folk who's full of knowledge, but but what good is, is knowledge if you don't have no enthusiasm or passion behind what you know? You, you can know the whole Webster Dictionary. What difference does it make if you lay in the bed with, with the covers over your head? <laughs> But then at the same time, he turned around and says that zeal without knowledge, being excited about something, being enthused about something, being passionate in regards to something, uh, 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 zeal without knowledge, in other words, information, once again, okay, understanding, how many of y'all know that can be dangerous? Pastor, what, what, why are you saying that? Because if we would be honest with ourselves tonight, we often move hastily through life, rushing headlong into the unknown. All right, let me let me let me say it like this. Some people marry without really getting to know the other person. Meet them on Sunday, first Sunday, and walking down the altar on fourth Sunday. Don't know nothing. How many of y'all know nowadays if you're single? And, and I know you might not be looking, but just in case some of y'all start looking, if you're single, you better get all the information you possibly can. You have to do a credit check nowadays. <laughs> y'all ain't, ain't got to talk back into me. You have to do a, a, a what is it called? A, 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 a FBI investigation. You have to do everything nowadays. Okay. All the information that you could possibly get. Okay? Uh, 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 others try illicit sex or drugs without uh, uh, considering the consequences. Uh-oh, I'm going to say something here. Some plunge into jobs without evaluating whether they are suitable to that line of work. I mean, y'all know all money is not good money. You just don't take anything because it's offered to you. Or because it you can make way more money than what you make now. Come on. 
Okay? Enthusiasm is no good without knowledge, and it will not make a bad situation better. If you're finding yourself in a bad situation, regardless of what that situation is, it could be a financial situation. Do you all know that there's, there's really no such thing as getting rich quick? <laughs> there's no such thing as getting rich quick. Okay? Do not rush into the unknown. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but do not rush into the unknown. When we rush into the unknown, we get ahead of God. All right, be sure you understand what you're getting into and where you want to go before you take the first step. Know where you want to go. All right, before you take the first step. And so those who rush or jump into something without prayerfully thinking it through miss the right or the best way. Tragically, they end up making mistakes that harm themselves and others, all because we get in a hurry. Now, I know we cannot tell all that the future will hold, but all I'm saying is do your homework. Ask the right questions and be sure you are following God. When we get in a hurry, we get ahead of God. I'm going to tell you all something else, too. All because, all because it seemed like all of the pieces are falling into place. That don't necessarily mean it's God. <laughs> you know, I, I've heard people say, well, this happened and this happened and this, this must be God opening up a door. This must be. No, well, no, no, you should never say this must be. Pray and ask God. God, is this what it is? And so all because certain pieces fall into place, it doesn't mean that it's God. And I remember years, years, years ago, when Mrs. Teresa first got married, and Gary Jr. was born, we went down to Texas uh, to do a revival. My God, I wasn't but what, 21, 22, maybe something like that. 21, 22 years old. Got down there, was doing a revival and everything like that. And the man the man offered me a church down there in Texas, and I always wanted, I, I don't know why, you know, Dallas, Texas was just always there since I was a kid, just kind of the city to, to, to live in. Here I had an opportunity to have a church and, 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 and get a house and a car and all that stuff like that. Woo, that was real appealing to me. But that was not God. <laughs> okay, so we have to be careful and we have to seek God's face in whatever decisions that we um, that we have to make let's not get ahead of God now on the flip side of that some people get ahead of God and then others lagging behind him <laughs> did you not know you can lag behind God 
Why, why, why do they lag behind? Well, first of all, out of fear. Anxiety, worry, being overly concerned. Okay? Then because of failure, the fear of failure. The fear, the fear that I'm going to fail. Many of you all have not stepped out and really uh, 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 done what you even desire to do because you're scared of failure. Or you're saying, I can't do it like so-and-so, so-and-so do it. How many of y'all know God don't expect you to do it like nobody else? I don't know who I'm talking to. God don't expect. Uh, uh, Job said that uh, he, he has uniquely made me, shaped me. Nobody on here is Pastor Watkins. Nobody on here is Sister Teresa. Nobody's on here is Dr. Howe. Nobody's on here is Sister Joyce Lewis. Uh, nobody. God has uniquely made us. And so consequently, oftentimes we lag behind God because the fear of failure. God want to use us, but we're just, we're just scared. And then another problem is perfectionists. Some of us are just perfectionists. You know, if it ain't done a certain way, Come on, somebody. Sometimes we become obsessive. Sticular. We, we, nitpickers. <laughs> yeah, nitpickers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. That's how we lag behind God. We know we serve a God of excellence. We serve a God of excellence. And you know what? Everything we do or everything we should do or have a desire to do, yes, we want to be excellent at it. We want to be our best at it. But how many of y'all know we all are human? And we all what? Make mistakes. Okay? And, and, and somebody, here's what you need to know tonight. Somebody need to know failure is not fatal. It's not over. You never know what you can do if you fail to do it. It's not, it's, it's not, failure is not fatal. All because you make one mistake, two mistakes, three mistakes, four mistakes, five mistakes, you might have to do it 50 times before you get it. Don't say I don't, when we volunteer, somebody read the scripture for us. Well, I tried to unmute my mic once and I just couldn't do it, so I ain't going to do it no more. No, if you have a desire to read the scripture, put your finger next to the mute button. <laughs> So that when they say read the scripture, you just hit the button. You keep trying, you keep trying until you get it. We can lag behind God because of our own selves. Okay? We become our greatest enemies. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to listen now. We become our greatest enemies. Some of y'all need to ask God, God, please forgive me. I'm too much into myself. I don't want people to know I make mistakes. You ain't got to tell us. We already know. You want to tell us? I don't know the Bible as well as some other people know the Bible. You, you just do it. Read, study. But when we fail to do what God has commissioned us to do, we lag behind. And because we lag behind, guess what? We miss out on God's timing.
we miss out on his timing. We miss out on his blessings. We we miss out on his miracles. We we, we just miss out. Because we either we go ahead of God or we lag behind God. But you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad I know that he is not only a God of perfect time, but of perfect timing. If you just trust God, God has perfect timing. Somebody said, Lord, how long, how long? Uh -uh. God has perfect timing. I'm going to show it to you in a few minutes right here in the scripture. Okay. Some of y'all been waiting on something. Some of y'all been trusting God for something. You've been praying. All right. Keep on praying and keep on trusting God and know that God has perfect timing. Wise men said to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and to them who are the called according to his what? Purpose. So when you love God and you are called according to his purpose, then it would behoove all of us to wait on God's timing. I was putting this together, boy, and I saw so much stuff. I said, they're going to get tired of reading tonight. But this is good. This is good because... God has perfect timing. He's never early. <laughs> He's never late. It takes a little patience and a whole lot of faith, but it's worth the wait. If you wait on him, it's worth the wait. And then it says God's timing is perfect. It may not be the timing we want, but it's the timing we need. Trust in him. All right. We may not want his timing, but God has perfect timing. Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, verse number 11 tells us something. It says he has made everything beautiful. In his time. Let that be your theme scripture for this week. He has made everything beautiful. In his time. Since he has perfect timing. He has made everything beautiful. In his time. Uh, go to the book of St. John. Let's do some. Let, 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 let's do some Bible. Do some Bible reading real quick. St. John, the 11th chapter. Y'all know this story. Y'all know this story. St. John, the 11th chapter. We're going let, 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 let me show you something about God's timing. All right. Because when you read that 11th chapter, it deals with Mary, Martha. You know, they had a brother named Lazarus. They were in Bethany. You know, Lazarus got sick. And then eventually Lazarus dies. All right. You all know that story. But upon learning of Lazarus's illness, sickness, Jesus delayed traveling to visit him 
<clears throat> by two days to await his death. <laughs> and upon his arrival, Christ found Lazarus entombed and proceeded to raise him to life. That's the just of that whole story. But look, 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 look at verse number six. Look at verse number six. I want you guys to see something. Verse number six says, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. He stayed there. Verse number seven. Then after they said, then after that said to his disciples, let us go into Judea now. His disciples said to him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, watch this, are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Now look at verse number 11. <clears throat> These things says he, and after that he said unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Now you all know, you all know that the disciples didn't quite understand what Jesus meant by him sleeping. So then when you glance at verse number 14, he finally just had to tell the disciples that Lazarus is dead. <laughs> he finally has to tell them Lazarus is dead. Sleeping was on the spiritual side. See what happens when you're carnal? You, you can't comp your flesh can't comprehend the things of the spirit. Jesus said he was asleep <laughs> because Jesus knew in his, in his time he was going to wake him back up. All right, in his time. <clears throat> Look at verse number 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. So he was laid in the grave for four days. You're talking about a delay. All right. He's in the grave for four days. Now, look at verse number 30. <clears throat> now, y'all read the rest of this later if you haven't already read the story. When you look at verse number 30, it says, Now Jesus was not yet come into the town. Jesus hadn't even arrived yet. Okay? But was in that place where Martha met him. Martha runs out hastily. Look, 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 look. Is that what your verse uh, 31? The Jews then which were with her in the house and confronted her when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily in a hurry and went out. Okay, followed her saying she goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come, verse 32, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying, now watch, watch what she says. Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. All right. In other words, Lord, you took too long. <clears throat> this was your best friend. What took you so long to get here? If you had been here. How many times, uh, don't, don't unmute and tell me, but how many times have you felt like Martha? 
Lord, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. Come on here, somebody. Somebody, you listen to me right now. You feel like Martha. Martha goes back and tells Mary. Mary runs out. Mary says the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, our brother Lazarus would not have died. Okay? They didn't understand his timetable. They didn't understand that he waited. Somebody said the reason why he waited when he got word that he was sick. He didn't go because Lazarus wasn't sick enough. He didn't go to the funeral because Lazarus wasn't dead enough. (laughs) Pastor, what are you saying? Somebody, you're waiting on God to do some things. Maybe your situation ain't bad enough. Come on here. Maybe it ain't dead enough. Maybe it's not sick enough. God says, I'm, Jesus said, I'm going there. Hey, I'm going there to work a miracle. I'm going there so that the Father can be glorified. Listen, you may be going through what you're going through right now. God's going to bring you out in his time. So that when he does bring you out, can I encourage you? You better make sure God give you all, you give God all the honor. You give God all the glory. Give God all of the praise because it was nobody but God. Is there anybody on here that have a nobody but God testimony? You can't share it tonight. <laughs> Somebody had to give it an unmute. <clears throat> but I'm looking at some of y'all. They got a nobody but God. Why? Because you waited. You waited on God. And so one of the problems, one of the problems, one of the problems that I I feel, one of the problems is that God seems to be on a different time schedule than we're on. (laughs) Have you ever felt that way? That God, God seems to be on a different time schedule. But let me encourage somebody. God's calendar And God's clock is not the same as ours. God's calendar and God's clock is not the same as ours. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. It's not the same. God's plan will continue on God's schedule. So you might well relax yourself. <laughs> Stop becoming frustrated. Frustrated. Because you need to understand that God's plan will continue on God's schedule. Somebody need to hear that tonight. God, when are you going to do it? God said, I have it on my calendar. God said, I have it on my schedule. God says, I know what you need. It's on the calendar. It's on my schedule. And so living as we do, 
in the fast-paced world of deadlines and, 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 and time is money concept, the idea of waiting around for God to do something kind of comes off as impractical, kind of mystical. And, and guess what? If you be honest, sometimes it can be irritating. God ain't moving fast enough. We can identify with, with the fellow who prayed for patience. He said, Lord, I want patience and I want it now. <clears throat> That's our problem. We want it now. But how many of y'all know sometimes God have to tell us to wait? Because God knows that right now we may not be able to handle some things. Let, let, let me put some scripture. Let, let me put some scripture. Uh, just write down Genesis, the 12th chapter and, uh, and Genesis, the 16th chapter. <clears throat> and what you'll find there is he calls Abraham. He calls Abraham. Promise him a great nation. And then waits 25 years before allowing him to have his first son, Isaac. 25 years. Somebody said, Pastor, you're not encouraging me right now. I thought it was going to happen in the next 25 hours. No, what I'm trying to tell you is that God's calendar and God's clock is not our clock, nor is it our calendar, but we have to wait on it. Write down Exodus, the 12th chapter, verse 40. And what you'll find there is that he allows the nation Israel to languish under Egypt's heel for 430 years of slavery before calling Moses to their rescue. 430 years. They cried out to God. Okay? 430 years. And, and then watch this. And when he finally does call Moses, all right, Moses is going to be the deliverer. He first has him out tending sheep for 40 years. <laughs> you, you are going to go tend, tend sheep for 40 years. So somebody would have to say, God, what, what, what did God be doing? What sense is God making? I preached a message some time ago when God doesn't make sense. I think it's going to the website. I think it's in there somewhere in the media. When God doesn't make sense. Well, Isaiah 55 and 8 really tells us why sometimes we feel like God don't make sense. And, and he just simply says that the Lord says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. All right, the people of Israel were foolish to act as if they knew what God was thinking and planning. Uh-oh. You don't know what God is thinking. Let me help somebody. You don't know what God is planning. I was talking to somebody the other day. We're trying to tell them something. And they say, don't tell me that. I know my God. I said, oh, I'm done with this conversation. I'm glad you know your God. I'm glad you know how your God thinks. 
when he simply says that his thoughts are not your thoughts. You know what that means? That means that if you could think about it, <laughs> if we can think about it with our little finite minds, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heaven is from the earth. That's what that scripture says. So Israel, they were foolish to act as if they knew what God was thinking and planning. His knowledge and wisdom are far greater than any humans. Watch this, watch this, watch this. We are foolish to try to fit God into our mold. <laughs> to make his plans and purposes conform to ours. Instead, we must strive to fit into his plans. I'm going to leave that up for a minute. Somebody, you need to know that. Don't try to fit God into your mold. All right. God is not a God of convenience for our convenience. Okay. His plans and purposes will never conform to ours. He said, I know the plan I have for you. Now, I said, we have our own plans. And oftentimes we hastily with full enthusiasm. All right. Sometimes we think we have information and experience and we try to work our plans. But God says, I know the plan that I have for you. Well, then God, what is that plan? The only way you're going to know the plan that God has for you, you're going to have to seek God. God will show you. God will reveal to you what his plan is for your life. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Don't answer, just think about it. Are, are you usually rushed? <laughs> are you usually rushed? Are you in a hurry? Are you in a hurry? Uh, let me ask you, are you driving toward a goal? Are you are you anxious about getting things done? I'm, I'm, I'm not deep and spiritual about what I'm asking you. Are you anxious about getting things done? Could it be that, could it just be that from time to time, we get out in front of God by pushing things our way. Accomplishing our agenda on our timetable. Our, 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 our heavenly father, our sovereign father who knows the end from the beginning. He knows our ending from our beginning. And guess what? He promises us that he's going to make all things beautiful in his time. Not our time, 
but his time. He 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 he's made a promise. Uh, write down Isaiah fourteen and twenty four. I talked a little bit about this on Sunday. It says, the Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Another translation say it like this, surely just as I have intended so, it has happened. Here, I got good news for somebody. It's already happened. Uh-oh. Somebody snatched that out of the atmosphere. It, 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 it's already happened. Watch this. We're just waiting on the manifestation of it. He said, it's already come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. As I have planned, in other words, God said, as I have planned, it's going to stand. And while we sometimes say, watch this, while we sometimes say, God, I'm waiting on you. God says, no, you're not waiting on me. It's already happened. I'm just waiting on you. (laughs) God says, I'm just waiting on you. And so we need to be reminded that the scriptures usually equate rushing with sinning. Uh Uh-oh. It equates rushing with sinning. It was right there in our uh, uh, Proverbs 19 and 2. He who make haste with his feet heirs. All right? Get off track. He said when we get in a hurry, when we don't acknowledge God, when we try to handle things on our own. How many of us be honest and transparent and admit that when we try to handle things on our own, we make a bigger mess out of it instead of just sometimes just waiting on God. Sometimes we get in a hurry. It ain't that God... It's not going to have us address a certain situation, but but it could be the wrong time. Maybe God had to work on our disposition, have to work on our attitude. And then in his time, he makes all things beautiful. So I want to encourage y'all. Do like the psalmist said. Let go. Let go of it. Mm. Somebody, you need to let go of some stuff tonight. Just let go of it. All right. Relax. Let go and relax. God said, know that I am God. Go to Psalms 46 and 10. He, He says, be still. All right. And know that I am God. Uh, He's instructing God's people, the psalmist here, to be still. Know that God is in control of their destiny. He's in control of our destiny. 
I told y'all some time ago when he says be still and know. Know means in the Hebrew, it means to know by experience. Listen, God's been good to so many of us. God has worked miracles. God has healed us. God has brought us out. God has provided for us. We know by experience what God can and what God will do. To know means to know by experience because Israel had experienced God's faithfulness in the past. They could trust him in the present. If he healed you once, he'll heal you again. If he opened up a door before, come on, why are you worried and fretting? He'll open up a door again. You'll get to the point until you start when you rest in him, when you relax, when you trust him, you'll get to the point to where you will start enjoying watching God work. <laughs> all of the worry and all the stress will be out of your life. You'll be saying, okay, God, what you going to do next? <laughs> What's next? What, what miracle are you going to perform next? I, I'm not going to fret. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to worry because I'm trusting in you. I'm waiting on your time. The Hebrew word for be still, it means to slacken or make loose. Slacken or make loose. So simply put, God is telling his people to relax. Wait for him to do all that he has promised. He said, I, 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 I've sworn by my own name. And if I, if I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. We just can't get in a hurry. We can't get ahead of God. And we can't lag behind God. We just have to wait on God. And so do you have tonight challenging decisions on your hands. Somebody's facing some challenging decisions. You got some decisions you have to make. How I many y'all know some decisions is not as easy to make as others? Somebody tonight, you may feel like you're in the, uh, of what the Bible says, standing in the valley of decision. Sometimes we just don't know which way to go while we're waiting on God. Sometimes you got to be still, as he said, know that I am God. Got to mark time. Sometimes you don't seem like you're going forward, but at the same time, you're not going backwards. What are you doing? I'm marking time. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God's timing. Well, let me close with the psalmist counsel. He give us some counsel on tapping into God's Timing, tapping into God's timing. It's right, he says it right in Psalms 37. Psalms 37. I would encourage you to read that book too, Psalms 37. Because here's 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 what he says. He says for us to do three things. If we can learn to do these three things, we can tap 
into God's timing. First, he says, rest in the Lord. <laughs> rest in the Lord. Rest means, rest means here to be silent and still. Now, it don't mean go, go get under the covers and turn on the electric blanket and go to sleep. That ain't what this means. All right. It means to be silent and still. It means to be quiet. It means to settle your nerves. <laughs> it means to be at peace. With everything that's going on around us, he would not tell us to rest in the Lord if it wasn't possible. He, he, he wouldn't tell us to settle our nerves if it was not possible. He wouldn't tell us to have peace if it were not possible. It's possible when we rest in the Lord. It indicates, here's what it indicates to me, the absence of emotional distress and churning and the ability to be quiet and relax. When you rest in God, yeah, you will experience the absence of emotional distress. Some folks' emotions are all over the place. Come on here now. That's not a person that's resting in the Lord. Because when you rest in him, he quiet those nerves. And he'll handle those emotions. So we, we, we get all upset, worrying over the things that are going bad. He says, don't worry, don't fret. Rest in the Lord. Relax. God is in control. And then he says, wait patiently. I'm quite sure y'all even wrote you guys wrote that down by now. He says, wait patiently for him. That word when you uh, patiently, in other words, un uncomplainingly. You can't complain and say you're waiting on God. As long as you complaining, you ain't waiting. Uncomplainingly, unwearyingly. In other words, if you're fretting and worrying, biting your nails and, and, and pulling your hair out, you're not you're not waiting patiently for him. Long sufferingly. In other words, sometimes you got to suffer long. You have to wait a long time. If you're not willing, at least willing to wait. At least willing to wait a long time. Then guess what? You're not you're not waiting patiently for him. It will take much patience at times to wait for God to even correct matters in your life. But in due time, he will be patient. God does things at his speed. And he's always right on time. And then he says, keep to his ways. Keep to his ways. Here now, what he's talking about, the psalmist is dealing with behavior now. 
<laughs> He's dealing with our behavior. Keep his ways. In other words, perfect, upright, righteous. Holy living, godly lifestyle has its eternal advantages. Sin may have some pleasures, just, just, just some. Okay, but it is the godly life that has the main advantages. Write down Hebrews 11, chapter verse 24 through 26. Hebrews 11, verse 24 through 26. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He said, I, I can't even enjoy. I, I can't even enjoy sin just for a season. I, I'd rather, I would rather suffer the affliction with the people of God. And then he says, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of reward. So he 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 says, you know, the the reproach of Christ, that's greater riches than what the world, the pleasures of this world have to offer. We don't sing songs like we used to sing, I'd rather have Jesus <laughs> than houses and land than silver and gold. There's a song, silver and gold, silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. No fame or fortune. That's all I know. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm rich is untold. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold, gold, gold. Y'all know the song. Okay. We have to rather have Jesus. And then last but not least, he then promises, God promises to exalt you to inherit the land. It's right there in the 29th verse of that 37th chapter. It says the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. This land can refer to when we get to heaven. We already know that's eternal. But how many of y'all know God will give you some land down here? God will let you enjoy life down here. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life down here. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul does prosper. He promised he's going to exalt. He's going to elevate. He's going to promote. He's going to lift. I mean, if y'all know promotion, don't come from the east nor the west. Come on. The north or the south. Promotion comes from God. Whatever God has for you, can't nobody get it. You don't have to lie. You don't have to scheme. You don't have to cheat. You don't have to falsify your income tax record. You don't have to do nothing. Whatever God has for you. 
guess what? I need somebody to know it's yours. And if it's in his will, he said it has already happened. Come on here, somebody. It's already not happened. We're just waiting on the manifestation of it. We're just waiting on God's timing. And so our prayer ought to be, God, help me to wait on you and help me to trust your timing. Help me to trust your timing. All right, I got one more thing that I believe that'll bless your spirit as you read. One more thing. Then I'm through for the night. One more thing in regards to timing. One more thing. Let me get to it. There it is. Somebody, you need to know this tonight. It's delayed, not denied. God will come through for you. Keep the faith. Refuse to give up. The best is yet to come. I don't know who that's for, but that's for somebody. That's for somebody. It's just delayed. It's just delayed. It's going to happen. It's just delayed. And then sometimes you are delayed where you are because God knows there's a storm where you're headed. So be grateful. Be grateful that God has you right where you are. (laughs) Be grateful. It could be a storm. You can't see the storm. So sometimes you are delayed. Sometimes you're delayed. Don't get mad and upset because the light, you was pulling up to the light, it was green and the person in front of you didn't go. You honking your horn, talking about where'd you get your driver license from? You must have got your license from Walmart. Just getting frustrated and all upset. That delay could have saved your life. You never know. You never know. And so sometimes you are delayed right where you're at. Because God knows there's a storm where you headed. So be grateful for what God has done. Praise God for what he's getting ready to do. And continue to wait on God. His time is the right time. He's going to heal you in his time. He's going to bring you out in his time. Paul says three times I asked the Lord. Three times. I asked the Lord to remove this thorn in my flesh. And three times the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. All right. God bless you all. May heaven shine on you. Thank you so much for listening to me tonight. I don't know who this word was for, but wait on the Lord. Don't become impatient. We've been been in the house and and, and this, that, and the other for what? About 10 months now. 10 months. Let's just keep waiting on God.
his timing. Now, I know that they are uh, 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 allowing churches to reopen and at 25%, at 25%, they're allowing churches to reopen. They say if you reopen, you ain't supposed to sing. Uh, 